Show. Joining us now in our studios is Northfield's Police Chief, Mark Elliott. Chief, good morning. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, listeners. Thanks so much for coming in today. Uh, we're check, we check in with you each month to talk about, well, what's going on this month, what's going on within law enforcement and in, uh, around the community as well. Um, let's start off by saying, you know, it's summertime now. Why don't we start off by talking about some of the events coming up? Because it seems like every weekend is a busy weekend. We've got graduations. We're kind of through the graduation gamut right now, but it's just a lot of things going on over the uh, course of the uh, summertime that uh, I would imagine puts some added strain on uh, some of the uh, the, the uh, resources for the police officers. Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. Uh, you know, I've mentioned before, we really like being involved with the different community events we have in town. Our officers try to stop out and make a appearance at them. Um, it gives a good opportunity for us to uh, talk with people in our community uh, and hear what's on their mind, what concerns they may have. An officer uh, is able to chat with someone for a little bit and start to build a relationship. So that's, that's all things we like to be involved in. Um, but there's a lot of fun things in the community that our officers are also able to partake or at least spend a little time at you know with officers working shift work and nights and weekends it means sometimes they can't go to those events um, because they're working but at least if we're able to stop by it allows us to uh, celebrate the community a little bit i know tonight you guys are going to be busy from the radio station here uh, (laughs) over at imminent brewery five-year celebration so that's exciting yeah we might need law enforcement help (laughs) back up i don't know what rich and it's more like do you guys can you guys work with the fcc because i (laughs) hopefully we won't lose our license with uh, those two going live but uh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll keep a close eye on Danny, okay? We'll do, we'll do our best with that. Um, but events like that or the fire department has their 150th uh, celebration uh, coming up here. They're going to celebrate that in July and with an event. So, you know, being involved with some of those events is always, always good for us. Um, like I said, we really like that community side of it, but also just in the world we live in, having a little bit of a security presence there too if needed is, is a good thing for us to be there. All right. Let's talk about another thing that uh, you've started up recently. I think this is recent. I hadn't heard of this before, but Coffee with a Cop. Tell us about that. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Uh, We did just kick that off. In fact, we did kind of a soft kickoff. Uh, We've got a sandwich board we're going to put in front of some local businesses or locations where we're going to be. We'll also be advertising on on the city social media uh, when we're going to be doing those. And the premise behind it, it started uh, several years ago uh, with another department and uh, the the whole premise is this is just a conversation with the cop. There's no agenda. There's no speeches. We're not saying, hey, we want to talk about this. It's what do people have questions about? What do they want to know? Um, sometimes it's, uh, you know, what's crime in my neighborhood? Sometimes it's, you know, what does fraud look like in our, in our town? Or how can I protect myself? So we really just want to get out and, again, build relationships with folks and answer their questions and be a resource for them. Um, it... This last one we kicked off, I did it, but it's going to be our line officers that are out doing this and supervisors as well. Uh, So you'll start seeing that uh, sandwich board pop up around town at different Mm -hmm. locations. Generally, we're going to schedule for for about an hour at a time um, and just... uh, have a cup of coffee with folks and, and get to know them a little bit and answer their questions. I like that, uh, the accessibility uh, factor of that. Uh, just come on in and talk. That's a good thing. I think you'll have good results from that. Yeah, other departments really have had positive results and received good feedback uh, on it. It's something I've been involved with other departments before, so I'm excited that we're doing that. There is, um, you have a new, um, I guess, a p- position, a new, uh, I'm not sure what the term is, but it's called a community-based coordinator in that program. 
Tell us about that. So that's a program we've been working with Rice County. Um, well, I've been working with them for the entire three plus years I've been here. Um, and certainly there's conversations more broadly about uh, police response to calls that aren't police calls. Mental health is one that you know rises to the top right away. And they're calls that don't necessarily need a police officer, but there haven't been resources in communities to be able to do that. There's not another response capability or other organization that's doing it. So we've been working with Rice County for years to try to develop a program. And this last year, uh, Rice County built into their budget uh, a new community-based coordinator program that has three uh, employees or coordinators and a supervisor and it's meant to be uh, a couple different things a co-response model in some instances so uh, what they have is people are specialty specially trained um, mental health social worker kind of think along those lines uh, to be able to respond out with us for people in crisis and they can uh, you know work with them of course all of our officers receive uh, more than 40 hours of initial training on crisis response for folks in mental health crisis, uh, as well as ongoing training as well. But this really is someone who's not an officer, they're not uniformed, and they're going to respond out with us. On top of that, they're going to be able to respond without us on those calls where we really don't need an officer to respond, where it's safe for someone else to respond, as well as follow-up and stabilization for folks. We know sometimes people get emergency uh, care in a mental health crisis, um, but once they are stabilized and they receive some initial um, treatment or referral, sometimes there's not follow-up after that, and there's not a resource for them. So these folks will be able to follow up and help with them on that. Um, assist with substance use disorder and placement. You know, it's really hard sometimes to get into treatment, or it might be weeks until they're able to get into uh, a, a treatment center. And so they can... Uh, help with that and meet with them, check in with them, uh, make sure they're doing okay, maybe some interim, as well as have those connections with the different service providers to maybe get them, uh, you know, front of the line or get them at least to um, the point where they uh, take an assessment so that then they can go off that assessment for what type of treatment is appropriate. So a lot of those pieces, there really was a gap. Uh, in our community for uh, for people receiving that assistance to get in there. So we're really excited about it. It just kicked off in June here in Northfield, and uh, we've got uh, Dylan Harvey as, as the individual that's working with us. Um, we're doing training with our officers, and he's already co-responded on some calls and done some follow-up with us. So, so we're excited about it. Um, we're excited that it's going to lead to uh, police officers not having to respond to some of those calls. And it can just be an, uh, a response from the community-based coordinators. Wow, that uh, sounds like I, I can see where there are a lot of holes that are being filled with this position. And I can also see that it's, it's I, I'm glad to hear that you have somebody in place because that could probably be a difficult decision to find somebody with a skill set that's uh, able to do that. Now, this person uh, that you have, Dylan, uh, that you'd mentioned, is he going to be based in Northfield? Is this a countywide thing where they just kind of rotate through towns or... So it is a countywide program. Mm -hmm. uh, Dylan will be based in Northfield. In fact, we kind of 
separated an office into two offices because <laughs> we're kind of space crunched there at the mm -hmm. PD. But we created a desk space and workspace for him so he can work right in town here and doesn't have to commute back and forth to Faribault between calls and things like that. So he will be here. Um, this program, I said, hired three employees, and one of them is going to be based out of Faribault PD and one out of Rice County Sheriff's Office. And between the three of them, they're going to serve the entire county. And, of course, they'll you know cover for each other if someone's out for the day or training or vacation, whatever. But they'll really be able to respond, and, and Dylan's going to be kind of based towards the north end of the county, so uh, serving Dundas, serving Lonsdale as well. Um, and so we're really excited about what that's going to bring for resources to our community here and uh, excited for the partnerships that will develop. I know he spent uh, a good part of uh, a couple days with uh, the Community Action Center, CAC, as well as Healthy Community Initiative, HCI, and getting to know their folks, their response capabilities, their resources. Um, you know, some of these folks may have some housing insecurity or food insecurity needs. And so making sure he understands all of the resources available in our community and how he can put people in touch with those resources will really be key to being a successful program. Police Chief uh, Mark Elliott is with us. You'd mentioned training uh, while you were talking about the the, uh, the new officer, the new position. Uh, training is, uh, we were talking uh, maybe six months, a year ago, that uh, the, the training for police officers, some of the things that you're, you should be doing on a regular basis, got kind of put off because of COVID and the pandemic. Uh, is it, is it catch-up time now with some of that training? It, it's funny you mention that timing-wise right now certainly is catch-up time. We, um, during COVID, uh, obviously it wasn't a good idea to have people uh, in close proximity to each other. So some of our, like, use of force training where and de-escalation training where our officers are, um, you know, touching each other and mm -hmm. uh, you know working on their techniques um, for safe handling of those situations when they have to go hands-on we, we made sure we made the minimum requirements but we really didn't you know try to put people close to each other if we didn't have to so we're, tr we're catching up on that um, certainly trying to meet uh, some of the updates over the last couple of years with police reform it's changed some of the training that we have to meet and increase some in in many regards and so we're really playing catch up this summer and putting our officers through a lot of that training to uh, make sure that they meet those mandated minimums as well as just uh, our operationally ready to handle those different calls where they have to um, use force that also includes um, you know we've had a tough month this last month throughout of our, our country with uh, some shooting incidents and so our active threat response training we're making sure we're up to speed on that um, those type of responses really uh, require cooperation amongst many agencies as well as many different disciplines in public safety um, emergency medical response our fire department response so we're working with those agencies too to integrate some training among those responses as well as in a community our size uh, we're going to be responding with mutual aid partners too so think rice county sheriff's office Faribault, even up into dakota county making sure officers are training with those officers as well so if we do have an incident that requires a big response that so we're all used to working with each other all right. Wow. The things you, uh, I guess the average person doesn't really think about too much, but uh, it is, but they do expect uh, that out of their police officers. So they're peacekeepers. 
let's let's move on. Lastly, uh, one final thing. I want to talk about the uh, the budget. Of course, the uh, this time of year, starting off in the summer, the budget process begins, and uh, I, oh, how fun it is! But let's look at the 2023 budget for the uh, police department. Uh, do you see? Are there certain challenges you're going to be seeing in 2023? Yeah, and. Uh, you know, a lot of those challenges, Jeff, are the same ones that everybody sees just in their household and in their business and everything else with uh, rising costs, inflation, you know, fuel is a big portion of our budget to be able to respond um, out in the community and to be out in the community ready to respond. Um, supplies that we need, we've seen in inflationary increases and just difficulty in acquiring a lot of those. Uh, ammunition for officers for training to make sure they're proficient, things like that. So we're, we're, we want to ensure that we can provide the same level of service for our community of what they've come to expect. Um, and we need to do that within budget constraints and with rising costs. So it, it's a challenge. We're looking to try to find ways we can be creative, uh, cut costs in area where we can, but also just ensuring that we have the resources we need to provide for the safety of our community. Um, it's something I hear time and time again that uh, people in the community, they want us to be fiscally responsible, obviously, with their budget. But they also understand the the priority that the government has in providing for a safe community for them and to be able to respond to emergencies. So we want to make sure we keep those capabilities uh, exactly where they're at now. We don't want to see a cut in service for folks there. You know, I've, I've heard some stories, news stories, I think we all have recently from different departments that are saying, hey, you know, only call us if you really need us because fuel costs are just so high and getting our officers to respond is difficult. We're certainly not saying that. Call us if you need us. We're going to come out. And I want to be sure we have that capability and we're able to continue uh, responding to folks in the way that they expect and the way they deserve. Why the uh, the gas prices, of course, have gone through the roof. It's just crazy. Does that? Are you looking at more ways of putting officers out? I mean, it's summertime now. What either walking or bicycling or patrolling somehow that uh, doesn't uh, that keeps the gas bill a little bit lower. Yeah, so we're doing a couple things with that. Um, one, just the community policing and getting out into where people at that aspect of the job. Um, we are putting officers out on bikes. We have. Several officers are trained as bike patrol officers, so they receive additional training on safe navigating on their bikes um, and putting those folks out in the community, and they are doing that. Um, it, obviously, in Minnesota, it's a little more difficult in the winter, but and not as many people out in the winter, but there's more now. So we're getting them out into parks and into neighborhoods and things like that on the bikes. Um, we also, starting two years ago, we started purchasing hybrid vehicles for our police uh, to operate. So uh, that is assisting us, mm -hmm. obviously, in that uh, metro environment that we have in town. Uh, our, those hybrid vehicles operate uh, on electric mode for a lot of that. So. Oh, good. And we're continuing that. Our, our, our orders for this year or for... Uh, early placed early in 22 we don't have a delivery date on any of those vehicles <laughs> normally by may we would have our police vehicles delivered off the state bed and mm -hmm. um again supply chain shortages those things everybody is seeing as delayed oh, yeah. ours a little bit but uh but we're hopeful we can get those and that helps a little bit and again that's just us trying to be proactive and thinking ahead and following the city's green initiatives that they have throughout different parts of our city budgeting process um, so we're trying to be uh, in, in alignment with uh, our expectations and what our city leaders have set by policy. Um, and hopefully some of those things offset some of the, the budget 
issues that we're seeing. All right. Very good. Uh, Chief, thank you so much for coming in. We appreciate it. We'll let you get out and, I don't know, if enjoy the day. It's a nice day out there. If, if, if you can enjoy part of it, enjoy part of it. Thank you, Jeff. I am going to try to do that. In fact, I've got another meeting coming up, but I think uh, walking the downtown sidewalk and grabbing a cup of coffee is probably uh, in my immediate future. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Northfield Police Chief Mark Elliott. You're listening to 95.1 The One. We've got uh, Rich with local news, Tim McNiff, news and sports coming up. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the Minnesota Horse and Hunt Club. All shooting activities are open to the public seven days a week, and all COVID social distancing requirements will be enforced. Minnesota Horse and Hunt Club has become much more than hunting and clay targets. From pointers and horses to weddings and banquets, dinner and drinks, the Minnesota Horse and Hunt Club is truly one of the premier sporting facilities in the world. For information on everything from shooting sporties to patio dining and takeout menu from the Minnesota Horse and Hunt Club restaurant, check out horseandhunt.com. Minnesota News Network, I'm Brent Palm. A CDC panel meets this weekend and is expected to give the green light on the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine for kids ages 6 months to 5 years. Dr. Mark Steffen is with Blue Cross Blue Shield Minnesota. For those parents out there, keep an eye on when you see that uh, announcement come out from the CDC and, and get the kids in and get them vaccinated. Officials expect the first doses to reach Minnesota early next week. If authorized this weekend, two 15-year-old boys are charged in an armed carjacking Monday night in Golden Valley. A juvenile from Buffalo is facing felony first-degree aggravated robbery and a teen from Eden Prairie is charged with aiding and abetting. Police say a 16-year-old was pumping gas with her 14-year-old sister when the two suspects